Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Talking Hockey Sense. It's episode 55 right here on Flow Hockey, and we thank you for joining us, whether you're watching or whether you're listening. Remember, you can always watch this podcast now on flowhockey.tv, Talking Hockey Sense, always available there. And we've got a great episode for you. We've got a guest coming up in a little bit. You've, If you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard him many times, and I'm always happy to have him come back because... Hey, it's the start of college hockey season. I'm actually wearing a sweater today because there's a slight chill in the air here in the Midwest, which means college hockey is right around the corner. So Brad will help me preview the men's college hockey season. And as a reminder to all you fans out there, you can watch the CCHA and Atlantic hockey on flow hockey throughout the entire season. All conference games are available there, as is the CCHA and Atlantic hockey tournaments. You'll also get home non-conference games for those teams. So we've got a lot of great ones coming up, including one half of the College Hockey Icebreaker featuring the U.S. Air Force Academy. They'll be playing Notre Dame and Maine coming up in just a couple of weeks. So check flowhockey.tv for that schedule, and we will have it all for you. I'm just getting back from the USHL Fall Classic. USHL also exclusively on Flow Hockey. We had a great time out uh, in the Pittsburgh area, Cranberry Township, to be specific, at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex. And all 16 USHL teams have played their first two games. It was outstanding. There's a lot of great players in the league that we're looking forward to telling the stories of throughout the season. You'll be able to find a lot of USHL-specific content on Flow Hockey. We'll have a rundown and recap of the event, including some of the top performers. And we've got a lot of college hockey content coming this week. So make sure you are getting over to flowhockey.tv. And also, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, make sure you get it on your audio podcast app of choice so that you can never miss an episode. And then also, as I mentioned, you can always watch it. And if you would also leave a kind rating and review, I just wanted to quickly share a review from a loyal listener. Very excited to get these all the time. It's a five-star review from GoForHockey42. It says, Chris Peters is one of the best in the business. <laughs> Thank you very much. When it comes to hockey reporting and perspective, the podcast mixes things hockey 
all things hockey, junior, college, and pro. Very insightful guests, too. So leave us a kind review like that, and we might read it, and I'll pump my own tires, I guess. that I forgot that that, that actually mentioned me specifically. I just like talking about the podcast. But I don't want to beat around the bush anymore because we've got a lot to get to, and we've got a great guest here to help us get started. Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald is here with me again today. He's been on this podcast many times before. It's always He's a very popular guest, which is why I keep inviting him back. He's also a close personal friend of mine, a guy that I talk to pretty much all the time about hockey, and we're going to get you ready for the college hockey season. So Brad, for the first time on Flow Hockey, welcome to Talking Hockey Sense. Thanks, Chris. Great to be chatting with you. Well, it's always great to chat with you. And, you know, we're going to kind of run through things a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll go conference by conference. But before we get to that, let's just take a look at the USCHO poll here. You and I just together talking about this. You know, Denver is the preseason number one, the defending national champion. They were the team that you uh, very valiantly predicted at the beginning of the season was going to be the number one team last year when nobody else seemed to. And They've got a lot of returning players. I mean, they did lose Carter Savoy, who's one of their top goal scorers from last season, but a lot of returning players, a returning goaltender. I mean, there's a lot to like about Denver. So do you agree with them as the top team in the country to start the season? And what do you like about the Pioneers this year? Do they have a chance to repeat? I don't have them as my uh, my top team, but I also don't disagree with it. Uh, I, I think one thing that I always look at when I analyze teams, I think the position that's the most valuable uh, that I put extra weight on is the D. And they have uh, Sean Behrens, Shaibuya, Mike Benning, Justin Lee is a defensive guy who really came on at the end of last year. Um, you know, I just think they're really, really solid back on, on D and that's going to do them wonders up front. Uh, they have a lot to replace. You know, Carter Savoy was the goal scorer. Cole Gutman did everything for them. Uh, you know, Brett Stapley was really good. Bobby Brink was one of the leading scorers in the country. And I think it's tough to lose four guys of that caliber and just not feel anything. Um, the, the good part for Denver is they do have uh, some good freshmen coming in. I think they have guys who are able to step up into bigger roles like uh, you know, Massimo Rizzo and um, Carter Mazur are probably due for bigger roles. They brought in a couple transfers who could play top six. Casey Dornbach from Harvard. You know, they got Tristan Bros from Minnesota. So I, I think they did a really good job restocking what they lost, and they do have a shot. Uh, I think uh, it's not going to be without maybe a, little, a few challenges replacing some of those really, really good offensive players they had. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think that there's always uh, always a chance to take a step back. And, and you know, I, I do think, though, like guys like Rizzo and particularly uh, Mazer, you know, I think Mazer coming off of a really strong world junior performance. You know, those guys have, have championship pedigree now and, the, and they're also going to be there. You know, I think that the, the one of the freshmen coming in that I'm really interested in, we'll talk about him a little bit later in some in the Q&A portion. Um, is Rieger Lawrence, who who I think, you know, he's got a chance to be an immediate impact freshman. It's not, you know, a given that he will be. I think he's a really good prospect. But, um, you know, I think that that's, that's going to be interesting to watch. And, and really, I think, you know, having Magnus Krona uh, back and, and, and being able to, to rely on a, a veteran goaltender, I think, is, is huge. But I agree. You know, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that this is a bit more of an open field this year. I don't really think there's a clear... Yeah 
that's the team. And I think that's one of the big, we, we even said that at the USHL fall classic, we don't have a team where we're like, yep, that is the team that is, is going to run the table this year. They have the ones that targets on their back. And I think just by default, by being the defending national champion, the pioneers are the team with the target on their back, but it certainly doesn't mean that they are uh, a given to repeat, but uh, I know they got their right championship away, I... rings the other night too. So uh, they, they, you know, we'll see if, is there any championship hangover? That's always a thing too. I listed off all the guys they lost, and I totally forgot to even mention Cameron Wright, who scored like twenty some goals for them last year too. So, um, yeah, they—that's a lot to replace. It's a I mean, lot to yeah, replace. it's just yeah, it's just you know, like the guys that I was thinking about in terms of returnees. I mean, you know, I just think that Mazer Mazer has a—he has a chance to be one of the best forwards in the country this year. I think with with the step that he took last year and that what I saw from him at the Worlds at the World Juniors, I'm I'm going to be fascinated by him. Um, so that's basically, you know, the top, the top tier of college hockey this year, you know, the Denver, we, we certainly know, I think, you know, Minnesota was ranked number two, Minnesota state number three. And now Minnesota state is very interesting because they're always around it. They're always there. We're going to, we're going to kind of move into a little bit of CCHA talk now. And, you know, Minnesota state, of course, you can watch all of their home games, uh, and all of their conference games on flow hockey. Um, they lose Hobie Baker winner, Dryden McKay. They lose Nathan Smith, um, who was their top scorer last season, but they do still have uh, a, a number of returnees. They have a lot of guys that have that experience. They're always an older team. They're always good defensively. Um, you know, they're, they're just their system seems to work. So what do we think about the, the Mavericks? They lose their, their, their four-year starting goaltender in McKay. You know, even even so, I mean, we've talked. Even we talked about it last year. You know, as good as McKay was, the system is better. The 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 Minnesota State defensive play, their structure, their discipline. That's why they're successful, and that's why they. You know, it's not to say that Dryden McKay wasn't an excellent goaltender because he was. He just made that that much harder to play against. But I mean, I think this is a team that certainly still has a chance to to have some championship aspirations. They were at the Frozen Four two years ago. And they made it to the national championship game last year. They've got one more hurdle to overcome as a, as a program. Yeah, you know, I I looked at who they lost there, and I I marked them down on my preseason rankings, like losing Nathan Smith, Napravnik. They lost, you know, Benton Mass, uh, mm-hmm. McNeely. Uh, they, they lost some, you know, uh, Wyatt Amat, uh, some really good players. And I, you know, I said, you lose that many D, and it's not going to happen. Then I started looking at who they have back. And they still have the two best D in the league. They have Hiroshi and Livingstone. Um, they, yeah. they lost McKay, but they have a great system. And the guy coming in just won the Clark Cup. Uh, Alex Tracy was great for Sioux City during their run. And then I looked at their forwards. And maybe they lost those two big names. But then you look at their centers. And, you know, David Cillier is back. They've got Andre Pavel, who I think is really good and has a chance to be um, you know, pretty high up there. And then Brendan Furry, who's, you know, maybe the best player in the league. And so yeah. you have three deep centers. You can throw in wings like Sandalin and some other prominent players. But I was just like, this team is going to be back. They, they have, th- they're, you know, really deep at center. Their D score is still really good. And Alex Tracy will be fine if he's the guy. So uh, I, I think Minnesota State is legit uh, top five, top 10 team. Yeah, I mean, Alex Tracy certainly showed a lot during that Clark Cup run for Sioux City, and I, I certainly was able to watch him and 
and watching the you know the USHL they, they it's it's one of the top mind areas for 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 talent in the NCAA and you know Minnesota State just continues to raise their profile and and attract you know players that have had that level of success at a younger age and you mentioned Furry and 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 Livingstone and you know I think uh, Pavel um, he's probably going to be a guy that a lot of NHL teams are looking at as a as a college mm-hmm. free agent. Livingstone, we already know, he's, he's one of the guys that everybody was kind of looking at last season. He decides to come back. So uh, really excited to see kind of what they're able to do. And, and a great early test for them is Minnesota Duluth is, is going to be, they're going to be playing them um, early in the season. And you'll be able to see that one also on Flow Hockey. So shameless plug there. But also, I mean, you know, that's just one of those games where it's like that's circled immediately on the early season yeah. list because Duluth is always good. They're number five in the country in the preseason. Um, you know, they've got a lot of talent that they, they've got a lot of talent to replace, but they also have one of the top, you know, incoming freshmen, Isaac Howard, which is going to be really interesting. Not often that they get a first round draft pick, but we'll have a lot of great games. So I want to get back kind of a little bit into a conference format here. And we'll 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 start with the CCHA because I, you know, it's interesting. We have Tim Rappley who covers the CCHA for us, and and he actually uh, made a made a little bit of waves in the CCHA Twitter sphere by not picking Minnesota State to win the league. He actually had a Lake Superior State, which is, it's his bold predictions now. So let's, you know, he's he's admittedly making a bold prediction there. But, you know, it, it's it's been so tough for teams in the WCHA before the CCHA to knock off Minnesota State. They seem like they've advanced to a certain level. But Northern Michigan this year, Lake Superior State, I mean, there are teams that are absolutely in the hunt you knock them off what do you think about the ccha this year yeah you know i i thought uh minnesota state i I ranked them one and then i started going through two through six and all of a sudden i had issues i was flipping those teams around constantly before i finally settled on what i was going to do because i think it's going to be really close uh i I think uh some of those teams i I think are going to be better the team i have second is bowling green actually uh, mm. I, I think Bowling Green has some really key players back. Uh, I, I think they, you know, they're bringing in Dalton Norris, and you know, he he scored 26 goals in the USHL as a D-man. Uh, that's unbelievable, and I think he's going to instantly help their power play. Um, you know, they they got some trans, a couple transfers. They didn't go too deep into the portal, but I think guys that'll help them. And just when I looked at that roster, I thought this is a team that. Uh, is going to be sneaky good. So I actually have Bowling Green up there. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think there's some other teams that, that could challenge. You know, Bemidji State seemed to figure out their goalie situation uh, late in the season. And, again, when you talk about D uh, as being important, Bemidji has some pretty good de- defenders. So uh, I think they're going to be in the mix as well. Absolutely. You know, Northern's going to be really interesting as well. They've they got are. they they hit the portal pretty hard and got some really mm-hmm. good players. Artem Schlein uh, is in uh, is one of the uh, uh, players that they did get um, out of the portal from from UConn, and you know he's he's got a chance to be an impact player in the in the CCHA. He's a pretty skilled player. Um, you know, there there were just a number of players that I, that I think are going to be pretty solid for them in the end. Uh, so yeah, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that, and then Lake State has Louis Boudon, who who you know is one of the the top returning scorers in the country, um, which is going to be a big help for them. And you know you, you just never know some 
going into a season, a lot of teams look great on paper and you just really don't know until the puck drops. But I think the CCHA is going to be a little bit more competitive this year. And, and it's not just going to be a so. given that Minnesota State's going to run away with the league. So uh, very fascinated by that conference. Um, also wanted to take a look at Atlantic hockey. I mean, AIC has kind of been the class of the conference for the last couple of years, but you know, Sacred Heart's got a new building. They've got some really good young players coming in. They've got things happening there. You know, you've got a lot, you can never count out Air Force or Army. You know, it seems like they always have teams that'll compete, but you know, as we head into this Atlantic hockey season and, and boy, there are a lot of teams with really tough non-conference schedules to get themselves started out as there so often are in Atlantic hockey, but we'll, some of them will be getting them at home. Um, any thoughts on, on Atlantic and, and kind of where they're at as a, as a conference and, and you know, if you have any anybody that you think could be particularly competitive out of the league this year? Yeah, you know, I, I know Frank Ceratori said at their uh, preseason media day that you have a better chance of hitting the Powerball than predicting their standings right. And that, I, that resonated <laughs> because that was another league that I just, uh, went back and forth and I, uh, I even, you know, messaged a few coaches in the league and said like, like, what are you thinking? Like, I just don't know what to think. And, and they said the same thing. I have no idea what to think. Uh, AIC has been the, uh, at the top of the hill for, you know, uh, several years. And I think it's in the situation where someone's got to knock them off before I, uh, pull them off the top of the rankings. That being said, they have massive losses from last year. Uh, they have a lot of guys to replace. So uh, almost all their key players uh, graduated or went in the portal. Uh, you know, they they did get Blake Bennett back, which is a big uh, boost. Uh, the one thing they did was they got some really prominent players out of the portal. And I think the the transfer portal uh, is going to, you know, significantly help AIC this year. And they're going to be able to replace the the team. There's several teams I went back and forth in, in putting uh, – uh, second place, um, you know, I think Army, uh, they have their goaltender back who had an outstanding year. They have some important D back again, too. Uh, they, they've got to find some from some scoring up front. Um, Colin Billick is gone, and uh, they're going to uh, have to, you know, find someone that can fill the net a little bit for them. Uh, I, Air Force has almost their entire roster back. Uh, they lost their goaltender last year, but they're a team that, could be back in the mix. And then maybe a, a team that doesn't get a lot of publicity that I think is going to score a ton this year is Sacred Heart. I think Sacred Heart's got a chance to be really pretty good this year too. So uh, I have a number of those teams that I think could be in the mix. And I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that AIC wins the league. There's a lot of new parts on that team. Yeah. And of course, I mean, really it comes down to in Atlantic hockey, the battle for the auto bid. You know, you got to go through the whole season. Yes. You try to get a good seed into the into the Atlantic Hockey Tournament, but you basically got to win that to get in um, to to the the NCAA tournament. AIC eight first place votes in the coaches poll for Atlantic Hockey. Um, Sacred Heart got the other two, and uh, it goes right down. Air Force, RIT, Canisius, West Point. You know, but I, I agree with you in that Sacred Heart is going to be a team to 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 keep an eye on this year out of Atlantic Hockey. They they could be making a, a bit of a run here and. And that, you know, you mentioned the portal, and I just want to pause on that because it is such a an important factor coming into the season. A lot of players changing around, um, you know, free agency made its way to college hockey this year. Um, and a lot of, you know, so it was kind of interesting because players that, you know, went to prominent universities, didn't find the role that they were looking for, but were really good, you know, in junior or high school or prep school, 
are now going to Atlantic Hockey and finding bigger roles or to go to the CCHA. And you know, a lot of teams have been able to, you know, find guys that they, you know, they weren't able to compete for as they were young recruits, but now they are able to, to have them in the mix. And so really fascinating to see kind of how that shakes things up in conferences like Atlantic Hockey and the CCHA, um, where you do have guys kind of coming from these more prominent programs looking for a better and bigger opportunity, and maybe they're more prepared for it and with a chip on their shoulders. So, uh, but but the transfer portal throughout college athletics, it's been a big challenge for coaches to get their arms around. But I mean, it's it's going to continue to be one of the big stories of college hockey. Yeah, and and here, another interesting storyline about Atlantic hockey this year, Sacred Heart. We just talked about uh, they could have some extra uh, juice this year. They're opening up a brand new arena, and yeah. it was done by JLG Architects, who do a lot of arenas in college hockey. And I talked to uh, some of their people, and they said it's going to be one of the nicest arenas in all of college hockey. Really high end finishes, like they spared no expense. So. That's going to be pretty exciting for Sacred Heart to open up that brand new rink. I, I believe in January is when they're opening it, but that's going to be a, a potential game changer for them to have a really good team uh, as they're opening up this brand new arena. Yeah, I mean, and that changes the the, the dynamic in the arms race of recruiting in, in Atlantic hockey. Yeah. I mean, what are the benefits? You know, if you're not, you you may not be playing, you know, we're not going to play BC every every year. We're not going to play that, you know, we're not going to play the big schools every single year, but you're going to come to a place where, where there's a lot of, you know, high end opportunities, you know, just to, just to play in a building like that. It'll also engage the fans as well. And you say, okay, yeah. come into this, this new facility, a new building can really breathe life into any program. So uh, fascinated to see that. All right, we're going to move on to uh, some of the other conferences. I mean, the big 10 will go there next. We're going to, we're going to close it out with your expertise at the end with with the NCHC, but you know all of the the country and and certainly you know for us in the Midwest the Big Ten figures very prominently um, and will again this year. Minnesota is probably bringing in one of the best recruiting classes in the country. They've got Logan Cooley who went number three overall in the um, NCAA or in the NHL draft. Um, you know other guys, Jimmy Snuggerud, also a first round draft pick. Um, Ryan Chesley. I mean there are a lot of high-end guys, um, Connor Kurth, who's going to be an older guy coming in. Um, there's a lot of really good players coming to the University of Minnesota this year. And Bob Motzko had a team that went to the Frozen Four, um, you know, had had a lot of, uh, you know, an opportunity to, to, to end their, their lengthy championship drought. I mean, we're coming up on, what, 20 years since their last uh, national title? Um, or it, it was last year, 20 years uh, there. So, or, yeah, I guess their, their back-to-back was with 0203. So yeah, so yeah, it's just so this, crazy. This is twenty. This is twenty. So yeah, so you've got yeah, good research, Chris. Um, you know, like it's it's been uh, it's been interesting. So they are the number two team in the country based on you know the preseason poll uh, on uh, U.S. College Hockey Online. Uh, but you know, Michigan is also bringing in a high end recruiting class with one of the guys who's going to be the most highly regarded NHL draft prospects for this season, and Adam Bantilli. Uh, but then you have other guys like Rucker McGordy, Frank Nazar, first-round NHL draft picks. Even though they had such losses from last year, Luke Hughes returns. Um, you know, Notre Dame is always in the hunt just because they're so difficult to play against. And you just kind of wonder, where, where are the other teams going to end up? Michigan State should be better this year. You know, Ohio State is always kind of nibbling around the edges. Penn State, same kind of thing. Um, and then Wisconsin could be a real wild card because they also have another high-end draft prospect, Charlie Stramel. 
entering the fray and, and an interesting recruiting class for themselves. So how do you see the Big Ten kind of shaking out here? Because this is another one where it feels like you know, there is definitely a separation between the top teams and the bottom teams, I feel like. Um, but it, but at the same time, it, you know, those top teams are still fairly young. So there's a lot that can happen to, to shake up that conference as well. Yeah, I mean, I like everyone else, I think Minnesota is going to be really good. Uh, once again, look at the D. Uh, they have all those guys. You know, they could have lost uh, Faber, Lacombe, Ryan Johnson. And all three of those guys came back. You, you know, they got Mike Kester behind that, those guys. Uh, you know, then you got Chesley, Middlestat. Uh, you know, they're just really deep on D. I think their top line is going to outscore uh, teams on a nightly basis. And essentially uh, what they need to do is uh, have their top line do its thing and the other lines just kind of play even and they're going to win games. And, uh, you know, scoring depth, it will be interesting to follow. I, I think they've got really good play potential really good players but we'll have to see how it plays out you know they they did lose you know uh lucius and they lost um uh, mclaughlin and Walker, Walker, yeah. ben myers uh so, so there there are significant losses up front that will hurt their depth um but they have guys like aaron huglin who could take a step up and fill those roles We'll just have to wait to see, watch it happen. I, I, I like them a lot. The team that I'm probably the high, higher on than most people when I've looked at polls is Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is the best opportunity to challenge Minnesota for the title. Uh, you know, getting Lieberman back on D is really big. I think their other D are pretty solid and defensive. Uh, Drew Bavaro is coming in from uh, Bentley, and he's an X factor. I don't know exactly what Drew Bavaro is going to be. Uh, in the Big Ten, but he was just a dynamite offensive performer uh, in Atlantic hockey, and a lot of teams were after him. A lot of the big-name schools really wanted Drew Bavaro. Uh, Notre Dame won that recruiting battle. Up front, I think they've got some a good mix of guys who are really hard to play against. They're an older team. They Chase Primo, I think, is a great addition for this team, uh, and, and I think they're just going to be a tough out, And as Michigan found out last year. Uh, Michigan, I you know I think they beat Michigan like the first four times they played. They, yeah. uh, so and then I have Michigan third in the league. I they have uh, unbelievable amount of talent, but they're really young. And last year they had you know an unbelievable amount of talent, and most of the guys were sophomores, and now they're freshmen. So I I you know that's going to be tough. We'll see what they can do. They the skill levels there. They're just really young, and that can be a challenge in college hockey. So I, I like those two as my uh, – or those three as the top three, and then Ohio State might be the sneaky fourth. You know, bringing in Stephen Halliday, he's going to have an instant impact. I think the way Stephen Halliday was patient with his development and went back to the USHL maybe one extra year that most guys wouldn't have is going to pay off big time for Stephen. Yeah, really good player, all-time leading scorer for the Dubuque Fighting Saints. We had Callie Larson on last week talking to us uh, about how he put those Saints teams together. And, you know, Stephen Halliday was one of those guys they were able to acquire and uh, make a big difference in their uh, franchise. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think the Big Ten is going to be really interesting just to go back to Michigan. You know, we talked about, you know, you got Rutger McGordy, you got Adam Fantilli, you got Gavin Brindley, who's also draft eligible this year, who's you know, has a chance to go in the first. Um, you know, but I think the real, the real thing about them is what is Luke Hughes' season going to look like? 
Um, Luke Hughes came back for his sophomore season. And I think back to Kale McCarr coming, you know, Luke Hughes had a better freshman season than Kale McCarr, better freshman season than Adam Fox, better freshman season than Quinn, um, his brother. So he comes back for a sophomore season. What is that going to look like? Now, Luke will look great at the World Juniors. Then he got hurt in the quarterfinal, was was not able to play. He only just got on the ice about last week, I think, after that injury. Uh, but it seems like he's going to be ready to go for the season. But we're talking about a Hobie Baker candidate here. Um, in you know, putting putting forth some of the best numbers that we've seen out of a freshman defenseman in decades. Um, and he was a Hobie Baker top 10 guy. The question is now is, you know, in, in actually I should also say he played some of his best hockey while Owen Power was not with the team, whether he was with uh, at the Olympics or other things like that. Luke Hughes came back and he was playing some of his best hockey in the second half of the season. Um, I mean, is it? Are we going to see an, a, another kind of, I don't know if we'll see a Kale McCarr-esque season, like Kale McCarr's sophomore season was just out of this world, but I mean, I, it's at least possible for Luke Hughes. Let's hope it looks more like Kale McCarr's sophomore year than Jake Sanderson's where, you know, we thought we were going <laughs> to see that out of Sanderson last year and he got hurt about five different times and just wasn't in the lineup. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think he can have a, a massive impact uh, on that team and, uh, getting him back was critical because they, they did lose a lot of high-end pieces, especially up front. Yeah, and I, I mean, that second year has been so important for a lot of the defensemen. I think anytime you see a college player now, like even Owen Power last year was like, I'm coming back for another year. You know, I went number one overall. It doesn't matter. I'm coming back for another year. I think that that's the path towards greater success. Jake Sanderson, who you mentioned, it didn't go well last year because he kept getting hurt and it, it just – some of the worst luck that you could ever imagine for, for a, a second season. Um, but, you know, I'm very excited to see kind of where that goes. So uh, that we'll, we'll move on a little bit to, uh, to hockey East and another league where anything can happen. It feels like, nice. but I would say that a lot of us are looking at Northeastern right now and saying, is this, do they have a chance? And you mentioned the importance of returning D well, they they have a few. They have some good ones, but they've lost some of their 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 best you know and most experienced players over the last season. They do have a good recruiting class coming in. They're really good up front. Very, I mean, one of the best offensive teams in the country probably. And then they've got the X factor, Devin Levi coming yeah. back. I thought he was the I thought he was the best player in college hockey last year. I didn't get a vote on that, so uh, he didn't win any of the, the awards that suggested, well, he, he won the Richter, but you know, it, it, there were other awards that didn't, uh, suggest that, that he, uh, was the best. And, uh, I thought he was, and if he is this year, Northeastern's got a chance. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would have voted him Hobie too had I uh, had a vote last year. Um, was r- frankly just floored that he wasn't even a top three finalist. And I, I thought he was going to win it for sure. Um, and, and that's where, you know, you start out and you have, uh, if, if it's not Hughes, the best player in the country is Levi. And you have the, the best player at a position where you can play all 60 minutes. That's a, a good way to start. They, they do have some uh, holes to fill on D. Uh, he's going to cover up some of those mistakes for them. I, I think that's critical. They, and like you said, up front, they're absolutely loaded. They're going to score a lot. Um, I have them as a Hockey East champion. I think there are some teams that are going to be uh, you know, trying to get up there. I think BU is going to be back. I, I like a lot of the pieces on, on BU's team. Um, you know, I, But I, I just think that... Uh, you know, Northeastern is, is too loaded. And, and, you know, I have Providence third, you know, I think Providence is going to be uh, pretty good as well. So uh, those are my top three. I think number four is, uh, I think I have UMass Lowell. UMass Lowell is the team that everyone overlooks every year. Like they, they don't have too many superstars and it's no one ever talks about them. And then, oh, there they are. They're a three seed in the tournament again, or a two seed in the tournament again. So uh, UMass Lowell, they're going to they're gonna do the same thing this year. Like, I see that as a team that's going to be better than everyone thinks, and that's what they do every year. So those are my top four uh, in Hockey East. Yeah, and, and you know, we'll, we'll have to see. It's going to be interesting. This is our first year without Jerry York behind a bench in, the, in Hockey East, and in certainly my lifetime, in the lifetime of, well, not in, not in Hockey East, but in, behind the college bench. Um, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, Greg Brown comes into Boston College. They've got a really big recruiting class. Not ne- this year is very good. Next year's recruiting class has a chance to be the you know the one that allows them to, to with with Ryan Leonard and Will Smith and Will Vote and all these different guys that are coming in from the the NTDP. Uh, but this year, you know, you've got Cutter Goche, who's you know the second highest drafted player out of coming into college hockey this year, having gone fifth overall to uh, Philly, and so really fascinating to see if they take a step under Greg Brown who was a, an assistant coach with the, the New York Rangers and then went to the Dubuque Fighting Saints and was a head coach last year. And a lot of people had always said, well, he's kind of Jerry York's heir apparent. And sure enough, he was. And now we'll see what happens there. And I agree, Boston University, Jay Pandolfo takes over the bench. going to be fascinating to see. You know, at the USHL Fall Classic, you see all those recruiters out there. They're all there. I think there's a lot of excitement. Um, but I agree with you. I think Northeastern's probably the team to beat this year. And you know you never know with UMass too. Like they're they've they've got a lot of losses. They've got a lot of guys that they've got to replace and things. And I, I think it'll take a couple of years. These next couple of recruiting classes for them are going to be really strong. Um, they're getting some guys, and I just saw Michael Robel uh, at the USHL Fall Classic, six foot six Czech goaltender. Uh, he's on the way to UMass, not this year, but uh, that's going to be a guy that I think they're going to be really excited about because he looks all of a sudden like a, a guy that's going to be high profile draft prospect in the USHL. Uh, we'll move over to the ECAC and, you know, you and I were having a conversation about, you know, uh, teams with, with, with a, a ton of draft picks and 
we, we had talked who, who is the team that, that has the most. And I think uh, you stumped me on the trivia question. So I'll let you uh, fill the, the readers in on that one. Yes, and I, I yeah. did go uh, uh, verify this with Jason Hodge, of College Hockey, Inc., who had done all the research. And the team in the country with the most NHL draft picks is not Michigan, Minnesota, North Dakota, Denver, BCBU. It is Harvard. Harvard has 15 NHL draft picks, which is the most in the country. Um, they've, you know, done a tremendous job uh you know, building their team through the loss of a season due to COVID. Um, you know, they would have had Maddie Beneers on their team last year had it not been for Harvard canceling their season for COVID. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a, I thought at the end of last year, you, you saw it in the game against Minnesota State. You know, they weren't far off in that game. Uh, tons of skill on that team. Uh, and, you know, I think they're just going to be even better this year. And and they're going to be a top 10 team. They're starting to get a little bit older. I, I thought they had the talent last year, but they didn't. They weren't old enough. And and this year they are. So uh, I, I think Harvard's going to be right in the mix of the top teams in the country. Yeah, two guys to keep a real close eye on for this team. Sean Farrell, who played in the Olympics last year for, for Team USA, returning to Harvard. You know, he hit his whole... Timeline was delayed. He went back to the USHL, had an MVP season. Last year was over a point a game. Going to be a big-time player. He's a, he's a Montreal Canadiens draft pick. And then, of course, Matt Coronado, first-round first draft prospect of uh, Calgary and a high-end goal scorer. He looked great at the Olympic or at the World Juniors. He was, he was on his game at that tournament in a way that I think not everybody was. Um, so really excited to watch him come back. Their defense is going to be outstanding. I, you know, I think they're going to get a lot of minutes out of Henry Thurun, uh, who's going to be their captain this year. And then also Ian Moore took a big step. We'll see if he can continue that because he's got some really good opportunity to, to be a good player. And, and uh, Minnesota prospect Ryan Healy, really good USHL defenseman last year. And a, a brilliant skater, not a big guy, but you know, has some good mobility. And I think you know they, they're also – I'm going to be fascinated to see – who ends up getting the net? They have Mitchell Gibson returning, but they also have a, a freshman coming in by the name of Asku, Aku Koskinvo, who was you know a top top level. You know he's a drafted prospect by uh, Vancouver. He's a big Finnish goaltender. A lot of college programs have had some success with big Finnish goaltenders in the last few years, and so we'll have to see if uh, you know how much he ends up getting in there. So lots to look forward to for them, but. Actually, in the coaches poll for the ECAC, Quinnipiac remains up top. I mean, you look at the job that Rand Pecknold has done. He's going to coach the World Junior Team this year um, for Team USA. Uh, but, you know, they got eight, uh, eight first-place votes. Harvard was second with four. Um, you know, but they, they also have had, you know, different uh, you know, guys to replace. They've had a few guys hit the portal. They've, they've acquired some. Um, but they've got goaltending. They've, they're always strong defensively. I think the Bobcats will remain a tough team to beat in the ECAC. I actually have them as uh, number four in the country. I, I'm really high on Quinnipiac. They, they, they had some losses, but they got so many fifth-year guys to come back. They got um, Zach Metz's back, Ethan DeYoung, Michael Lombardi, Desi Burgart, TJ Friedman. Like the amount of fifth-year guys, that is a really, really old team. And, and I think those types of teams, you, you know, you really win with. 
I think Quinnipiac's a team that can contend for a national championship this year. Absolutely. And they get Yaniv Peretz back as well, who was, uh, you know, one of the top goalies in the country last year and uh, just, you know, making a lot of stops. And, and yeah, I mean, Metza coming back was maybe the thing that, that just caught my attention. Like, whoa, hey, here's a guy that I thought was going to yeah. sign uh, that yes. had NHL interest. And he decides to go back because he believes he can win a national title. And they absolutely can. And that's going to be a team to watch very closely. Another team in the ECAC that I like this year that I think is going to be uh, a factor potentially beyond the ECAC and in the nation is Clarkson. I think they've got great yep. goaltending. I think they've they've got offensive players, um, and they're always they always play hard. They play tough, and you know Casey Jones has done a, a a nice job since he's been there, and they're attracting more NHL talent. They're getting guys that want to be a part of of what they're building there, um, and so keep an eye out on Clarkson as well. All right, we will wrap up our our conference by conference uh, look around, and uh, also, well, I guess before we get to that, you know, anything should we ex anticipate anything out of the independents? I mean, Arizona State's going to be in their new building this year. I think they're really excited. I saw Scott Powers out out at the Fall Classic. He's obviously fired up for for the year to come. Yes, they're going to share it with the Coyotes, but you know, while people have kind of scoffed at at the fact that the Coyotes are playing there. Wait, if you ever saw where Arizona State was playing before this year, this is a whole new world for the Sun Devils. And uh, I'm excited on their behalf because I think this is going to be a game changer for their program. Yeah, it, uh, it'll be a great new uh, rank for for the Sun Devils. And, and the one thing that jumps out to me about them is uh, I don't know if there's a team that will be as impacted by the transfer portal as, as Arizona State. They, they really got some of the most recruited guys out of the portal. You know, it, it starts in that TJ Semptonhelter was great when Devin Levi was at the Olympics. Uh, he was just outstanding in the uh, bean pot. You know, they, they're bringing in um, the Jackson brothers who were just uh, outstanding players in Dubuque, really dynamic. Uh, they're, you know, they've got uh, Master Simone from, you know, BU who will up their skill level. Uh, they got to center from Bemidji State, who's going to be really, really good. I, I think those those guys are going to be huge impacts uh, for Arizona State, and I do have them in the top 20 nationally. But they're going to sink or swim with those transfers, I think. They, they did lose some Absolutely. guys. But, you know, you, you add some of that skill with uh, with Josh Doan coming back, uh, with Copperwood coming back. I uh, they're, they're a really, really good offensive team. Yeah, it, Arizona State definitely like the the portal was very good to them, and now they have to find out how good. Um, and they also, you know, Demetrius Kumansas came back as well. He's a highly skilled player drafted by Calgary. Um, you know, not and, and we'll just have to wait and see. I think the real question that I have about their overall competitiveness is on the blue line. Um, you know, they Ty Murchison is the only drafted player on there, but they also they they they, they don't have a ton of big guys back there. Um, mm -hmm. you know, how, how tough are they going to be to play against? How much is there going to be on TJ Semptonfelter to, to make the, you know, to, to be able to carry them? Can, can he do it? He hasn't mm -hmm. had to do it yet at the division one level, but yeah, a lot of good points there. So now we'll move on to the, to the NCHC every year. It seems like, you know, we, we expect a, a battle and a war in that conference, um, and it's the conference that you cover. You're at the Grand Forks Herald, cover the University of North Dakota. Um, always one of the top teams in the country, always competitive. 
And, you know, if you look here, if according to, you know, the pollsters, if you will, North Dakota would be the top team in the conference, followed by Minnesota Duluth. And then, you know, you have to go further down to find St. Cloud, Western Michigan, you know, the different teams that are, are a little bit lower in the polls. You know, is this, and, and I, I'm sorry, Denver is the top team in the, in the, we already talked about them, which is why I didn't even think about them, but they're the top team in the, in the rankings. And then you've got North Dakota and Minnesota Duluth. So, you know, how do you see this year shaking out? I mean, you know, you already talked about how you didn't think Denver was the top team in the country, but can they be the top team in the conference? You know, I, I think there's a split between the top four and bottom four in the league this year. I, I think I have Denver as the top team in the conference. I, I think North Dakota can challenge them. Uh, when you look mm-hmm. at North Dakota's blue line, it's pretty good. That You know, North Dakota and Denver tied last year for the league title. Um, and North Dakota has a lot of those guys back. Uh, you know, you got Ethan Frisch and Tyler Clavin as a potential top pairing uh, on D. You know, Chris Jandrick and Ty Farmer are both fifth-year guys who have had quite a bit, bit of success. Uh, you know, I think Cooper Moore is a guy who came along. Uh, Brent Johnson is going to be a breakout candidate this year. Uh, in net, you know, Drew DeRitter uh, will come in and compete with Jacob Halston. I think uh, up front, the the big, you know, Reese Gaber is going to be one of the best players in the conference this year. The, the question for me is how quickly and how much can the freshman class contribute? They have some really, really good recruits. But again, you're freshmen in a really tough league. But Jackson Blake, Owen McLaughlin, Dylan James, uh, and Ben Strinden, I think are all really good players and they're going to contribute. It's how much and how quick. And if they adapt quickly, the North Dakota really up their skill level up front from last year's team. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be fascinating to watch. Um, you know, we've, we've got Duluth as well that's always yeah. in the mix. I mean, especially when you get to the postseason. Um, you know, Ryan Fanti ends up signing uh, with with Edmonton. I, you know, I think that there were a lot of people that weren't weren't necessarily sure. You know, how you know is he going to get an NHL deal? Is he going to any? And he sure enough, he does. And now, you know, you're kind of as Duluth, you're 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 kind of starting over a little bit in net, which has been a, a position of strength for them. Um, they've had guys that that you know have been there uh, for them, uh, but you know, I would say. You know, really for them, their strength has often been their their ability to defend as a team. Um, you know, yep. they've got Wyatt Kaiser back this year. Uh, they have, you know, veteran guys. We'll see it. You know, Will Francis, uh, he, he's recovered from cancer. We'll see if he's able to kind of resume his career as, I mean, this is a guy that was drafted in the NHL. He's a six foot five defenseman. Um, I actually saw him in the beauty league this year in the summer. Uh, and he looked great, you know, like he looked like he was ready to come back for, uh, you know, for, to, to try to get things going. So he's going to be a story I'll be following throughout the year. Um, but really I think, you know, the excitement for Duluth fans should be the fact that they've got one of the most skilled players out of the last NHL draft an electrically skilled Isaac Howard who comes in and a guy like that can change the dynamic of your forward group. Yeah, you know, I and I, I he's they, they need him because they lost some guys up front that, that could score. The, the 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 highlights for me of Duluth number one, like every time I've seen Zach Stasekel and that he's been really really good. So I I really don't think you, you know he's going to have a problem stepping in and being good. Uh, number two, um, I I do think the the line of Biondi, 
James and Quinn Olson is a legit first line. That was their best line sure. all year last year. They started as the third line. They moved up. They were the best line consistently. And, and the third thing is Minnesota Duluth's power play has really struggled. They, they've And I don't think they've had a true power play quarterback since Scott Perunovich left. Wyatt Kaiser, a really good player. I don't know if he was super dynamic on the power play. Well, now they added Derek Dashkey to run their power play. And Miami has struggled recently, but Miami's power play was legit really good last year. And Dashkey was a big part of it. And now I think you add in Dashkey, you add in um, Isaac Howard, you add in Ben Steves, who can just rocket a puck. Um, and he scored, I don't know how many goals for Sioux City last year. And uh, I think that is going to, their power play is going to be, uh, give it a little more juice this year. So I think they're a contender. And then I would say St. Cloud State, they were disappointing last year. Everyone thought they were probably one of the top teams in the country. They finished fourth, got bounced first round of the NCHC playoffs, got bounced in the NCAA tournament. When I look at some of the guys they have coming back, I think they're going to fly under the radar. And I think they're better when they fly fly under the radar. So um, St. Cloud, don't be surprised if they're actually pretty good this year. Yami Kramenla is back. Uh, Mietnin's back. They got Spencer Meyer to come back for a fifth year is absolutely massive. I think Grant Cruikshank getting him as a transfer back into the NCHC. Brett Larson said he's moving him back to center, which is where he often played at CC. Um, I, I think there's there's something there with uh, and then they, they added Adam Ingram, who had a great year in the USHL last year. So see, uh, St. Cloud State is going to be sneaky uh, at number four there. People are overlooking them, but they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Sleep on the Huskies at your own peril because that's when they're dangerous. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, Brad, before we get out of here, because I know we're we're running short on time, but you know, I just, you know, what what are some of the things that you're looking forward to most from this this college hockey season? I mean, it's 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 you never know what you're going to get going into a year. There's always something that kind of pops up. But I mean, what are some of the things that you're most looking forward to this season? Well, I think in general, when I was filling out my uh, top teams in, in my top 20, there didn't feel like there were as many splits between, okay, there's a long drop off from here to here. I, I think there's going to be a lot of really good games because I, I don't think there are a lot of foregone conclusions. I think some of the teams that have uh, been the, the, the powers in different leagues, um, you know, we talked to Atlantic and the CCHA. I think there's, you know, there there could be some drama in some of these leagues that maybe there weren't. I, I think um, uh, that that's going to make for some really exciting uh, games just because I think we're going to see scores. You know, we've seen it in college football this year with random teams beating them and then looking terrible the next week. I, I think it might, might be the same in college hockey where uh, there's going to be a lot of things up for grabs this year. Yeah, it is. I mean, the parody, it always becomes a big story and it's, it's legit. I mean, it's, it just is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the thing that I'm personally looking forward to is the same thing I look forward to every year. I'm always looking forward to seeing what the freshman class does, because I think there we, we've, we've had more and more incident impact freshmen come in uh, even more. So you look forward to what the sophomore class does, because those are the guys more and more <laughs> recently over the recent years, they're the ones that tend to control the narrative of the season. They're the guys that are competing for Hobie Bakers and different things like that. More, you know, there are always going to be those those seniors, those guys that have big numbers that that put up the points. 
but it's those underclassmen that come in and really kind of provide a lot of the entertainment value in hockey. Those are the guys that are typically the the high end draft prospects, the guys that are going to be superstars at the NHL level. You know, certainly, you know, with the freshman class this year, Logan Cooley. But then, then you look at the sophomore class. What is Matthew Nyes going to be like for Minnesota this year? You know, he was so good last season. Is he better with with Cooley with him? Um, you know, is do they work better together? Didn't have a great World Juniors, so hopefully, you know, he that's not a sign of things to come for him. But he was great last season. You know, Luke Hughes. If is he going to be a competitor a competitor for you know the 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 Hobie Baker this year? Is he going to have a bigger season? Is he going to have that Kale McCarr esque year? Um, and then Adam Fantilli and Charlie Stramel, guys that are going for the draft, and also Matthew Wood, who uh, I have a question about under overlooked freshman Matthew Wood at UConn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, keep, keep an eye on UConn. They've got some they've got some dudes on their team. Like they've got some really good players. Um, and Matthew Wood is a guy that could be a very high draft pick. Led the BCHL in scoring last season, um, which is no small feat for a guy his age. So, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. A lot of young players. And certainly, you know, we're going to be excited to have a good chunk of, of some really great games and really, really strong teams on Flow Hockey throughout the season. And Brad, uh, I'm sure you'll be back at some point here this season, but I really can't thank you enough for stopping by and, and helping us preview this, this NCAA season. Uh, going to be a lot of fun to watch the men's hockey this year. So uh, thanks for thanks for stopping by and, and, and joining us. Yeah, it's always fun to chat college hockey with you. So anytime. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, I'm sure we'll be uh, back on Messenger a little bit later uh, talking about it. But thanks to Brad Schlossman for stopping in and for joining me uh, on this episode. And, you know, we're, we're getting close to, to time here, but I got some, some questions that I wanted to run through. Before I do get to those questions, I just wanted to quickly go back and talk a little bit about the USHL Fall Classic because I was there and, 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 and getting a chance to see the USHL. I think, you know, parity is going to be a story there. It's the, no, no one team is looking like they're going to run away with the league. A few teams did win both their games out there, uh, but I'm thinking more about players. And a couple of guys that really stood out, uh, or several guys that really stood out in that event, when, when we're talking about specifically the NHL draft coming up, um, I thought, you know, Youngstown split their games this weekend, but Andrew Strathman and William Whitelaw, two NHL draft eligible players who are going to be with the club for the entire season, um, those are two guys to watch for the NHL draft throughout the year. Uh, Whitelaw is highly skilled. He's got a lot of dynamic abilities. Um, there was some talk that he was going to go back to Shattuck St. Mary's this year, which is where he played before. He's going to stay with Youngstown as far as everybody knows, and, is, and, and it's what he said he wants to do this season. So he'll spend his draft year in the USHL. Andrew Strathman, he's a five foot eleven defenseman, but he is a brilliant skater, moves pucks really well, scored two goals over the weekend, and had three points. So he's a guy to watch. I mentioned him briefly when I was talking to Brad. Michael Hrabel, the goaltender for the Omaha Lancers. He's committed to the University of Massachusetts. Six foot six goalie from Czechia. He had 70, he made 70 saves on 73 shots, had an overtime loss to Team USA, and then had a shutout the next day. Um, and Hrabel is a guy that, that I think a lot of teams are really excited for. Omaha traded a lot to Dubuque to acquire him. So that's going to be a guy to keep a real close eye on as well. Those are some of the guys that stood out. And then, of course, you know, Will Smith for, for the National Team Development Program, three-point weekend. And also just want to send uh, a quick well wishes out to Brady Cleveland, defenseman for the U.S. National Under-18 team. He was stretchered off the ice in the first game they played at the Fall Classic. All indications are that he will be able to make a full recovery and uh, will be better and, and will be all right. But that was a scary moment. So, uh, Brady Cleveland, all the best to you as you uh, recover from, from your injuries, and we hope it doesn't uh, keep you off the ice for too long. Big defenseman that I think 
a lot of people will be interested to see throughout the season. We'll have many much, much more talk about the USHL on this podcast throughout, but I wanted to get to some of the questions that we have, and we're going to stick with the college hockey theme as I get my first question here from at Danny McCauley. And Danny asks, who do you think are some of the more overlooked freshmen entering the season? Well, Danny, the one of the guys I just mentioned was um, uh, Matthew Wood from UConn. Uh, he was an outstanding player for uh, in, B in the BCHL last year. He made Canada's team at the World Under-18 Championship. Didn't have a very strong tournament, but he's a big player. He's highly skilled. He's a good skater. He's a guy that I think very well uh, will go in the first round, assuming that he has a strong season. He chose UConn over going to the WHL and playing for the Regina Pats with Connor Bedard, who's the number one prospect this year. So, you know, Wood made the decision, went to UConn. It's not necessarily a place where you see a ton of first-round draft prospects, though we have Paige Thompson, one of the, the alumni that, that really made a name for himself in his freshman season uh, at UConn and now, you know, has a big contract with the Buffalo Sabres. So Matthew Wood is a guy to keep an eye on. Another guy I mentioned before, Rieger Lawrence. I think he's going to be a guy that will, will be very helpful for Denver, uh, help support their offensive game. Uh, hopefully for him, he'll be making a, a good transition back into uh, everything there. And then, um, you know, I think that there's there's going to be a number number of guys that are, that are absolutely worth watching uh, throughout the season. And uh, Gavin Brindley is another guy that's kind of flown under the radar. He's a spark plug player. He does a lot of things extremely well. Um, I just like the way that he plays and he's going to bring a, bring an element to Michigan. He might not have the numbers of guys like Fantilli and, and that, but he's going to be a very strong candidate to go uh, pretty high in the draft. If he just continues to play at the level that he did, just like he did at Tri-City last year in the USHL. Our next question is also about a college freshman. This one comes from at Michigan law grad. It's Adam Fantilli. What type of season does he need to have at Michigan to go number two, or maybe even number one? Well, you know, Connor Bedard is the consensus number one, and I would say that Matt Vaymichkov is probably the consensus number two right now. But I will tell you that it's not so solid that they'll be the first picks. I think NHL teams have, have kind of looked at it and say, let's not, you know, count our chickens before they're hatched. Let's let the season play out. And the big difference between Fantilli and those other two players is Fantilli has size, he has speed, he has aggressiveness and tenacity. And then on top of that, he can score. The kind of season he would need to have to go number one, I think would have to be a pretty special one. Jack Eichel had the best freshman season since Paul Correa in 1993, and it wasn't enough for him to overtake Connor McDavid. Of course, we know that was the correct decision for the Edmonton Oilers, taking Connor McDavid, who's now the best player in the world. Um, and then Jack Eichel went number two, and obviously he's had injuries and issues like that, but hopefully he'll be able to come back and, and be all right. But, you know, I think that, we're going to have to have a very special season for Adam Fantilli to allow him to go first overall. I think there's a lot of him that really, um, you know, he, he just has to, to produce and has to have a big season. He's got, probably got to be, you know, at, at some point he might not be right away, but he'll have to be Michigan's number one center and, and, and a guy that's dominating that way. So uh, Fantilli is a guy that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing in uh, college hockey next year, because I think he's going to be, uh, a special player, and I think he'll be in the mix. I, I don't. I would not rule him out as being a potential first uh, first overall pick or you know number two overall. I think number two is very much within his grasp. Um, it's just you know what kind of season is he going to have, and you know if it goes the other way too, you know how far would that drop him if he doesn't have a strong season? So 
It'll be interesting to see what happens at Michigan. Their you know, interim head coach, Brandon Arado, you know, they had uh, a lot of turmoil in the offseason with, with Mel Pearson being let go and, and having to make the change. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking, this is a team that was a Frozen Four team last year, but, you know, they should be good. It's, it's You just have to remember, it's very difficult for a freshman to have the kind of season that Jack Eichel did um, at his age. You know, Adam Fantilli kind of in the same boat. Can he have, you know, Eichel had 70-plus points and won the Hobie Baker. Can can Adam Fantilli do that? I think it's within his capabilities. It's just it's really hard to do. All right, our next one comes from at Avco Cup, and this is a, a draft question about Axel Polika. Uh, Polika, how is he viewed in the scouting community? Well, Polika is uh, uh, a a Swedish defenseman. Uh, played for Sweden at um, uh, the uh, at the Holinka Gretzky Cup. He's playing professionally now uh, as well. Um, which is good for him, um, you know, playing for Sheleftia. He's getting minutes, not not big minutes, but he's playing. Um, so, you know, he, he threw three games so far, no points for him. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that, you know, there's there's tepid uh, enthusiasm for what he is in the scouting community. He's a five foot eleven right shot defenseman. He's got to move pucks. He's got to produce. You know, does he have the skating ability to be, you know, that guy that's that's up there? It's certainly possible, but it's not necessarily – a given. So I would say that that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, you know, he's, he's looked really good in the U 20 game so far. I haven't seen the video yet, but in terms of his production, in terms of the feedback I've gotten very strong, there had a so-so Holinka Gretzky cup, you know, was fine. Um, but you know, I think if he's going to have a chance to go high in the draft, he's going to have to be highly productive. Skating is going to have to come a little bit more just at his size. And then we'll have to see where he goes from there, but he's a fascinating prospect. Nonetheless, um, and we'll close this one out with another college hockey question. Um, I got a few that I wasn't able to get to and we're running out of time, but I want to get this one from my good pal, uh, Nate at Gopher state last season's national champion. Denver was ranked 13th begin the year, not considered a contender outside of, uh, Schlossman GF. So Brad, while asking for another Denver is a tall task. Who is a team or two outside of the top 10 you see overachieving their preseason perception and, and why? So as I look at the um, the rankings, um, you know, I think that one of the teams that could overachieve is one of the teams we talked about, Harvard. Did they get the goaltending? They've got some really good, you know, goaltending depth this year. Do they play de- solid enough defensively? Do they co- possess the puck enough? I think Harvard is a team that could be sneaky in the ECAC. Quinnipiac, they're going to be tough to overcome. That's going to be a team that they're going to have to play a lot this year, and they're going to learn a lot about themselves. But I think Harvard, with Matt Coronado, with Sean Farrell leading the office, yes, they lost Nick Abrazizi. Yes, they lost veteran leadership from that team. But they've got a lot of offensive talent. They've got guys like John Farinacci who can play a really strong two-way game. They've got guys that can play winning hockey for them. Um, And so Harvard, which is ranked 11th in the country right now, that's a team that I would look at. I wouldn't have put them one as boldly as Brad did with Denver last year. Uh, but I, you know, I think there are better teams than them in the country. But that's a team that's down the lineup or down the, the polls that I think could make an impact. All right, we'll get to some of the questions that I missed next week. Uh, but we will have another podcast episode for you next week. As I mentioned every time, please subscribe, leave a kind rating, leave a review. Uh, you know, leave leave anything you can help us get the word out. You can watch this podcast on Flow Hockey if you want to see the words that I'm saying. And you're listening to, um, I mean, by all means, I've, I've been told I have a face for radio, but 
uh, or podcasting or what have you. But hopefully you guys can come check that out as well. It's another way to engage with the podcast. And as always, you can send me your questions at Chris M. Peters is my Twitter handle. Always happy to get your questions there. So really looking forward to a lot of, of great hockey this week. Don't forget, you can catch a lot of college hockey starting October 1st. You've got the College Hockey America, the CCHA, and Atlantic Hockey, all available on uh, flowhockey.tv. The USHL season will continue. Lots of great content on flowhockey.tv in a written format. want to thank all of the people that have contributed to our preview coverage so far. Jordan McAlpine, Tim Rapley, Jacob Messing, and Nicole Hazy, who, who will have her piece debut this week. So. Uh, really excited about that. Want to thank Colt Joyce for producing. Want to thank Brad Schlossman for joining us this week. And most of all, want to thank you for listening. Thanks a lot for joining us this week on Talking Hockey Sense. My name is Chris Peters. We'll catch you next time.